Well, today on the show, we backtrack to our weekends to share tales of a rock band that scolds its audience, a football coach that makes young women cry, and a friend who doesn't wash their hands after sitting on the throne. And then author Glenn Merzer is back to rant about the suddenly ubiquitous coconut oil. After that, we bring in Sergeant Vegan Bill Muir, who has a new book, and that same old vegan strong military attitude. And finally, it's on to Sarah's news as Lizzo is back, Keanu Reeves makes the girls scream, and Colin Kaepernick is multiplying. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yeah, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. NextWave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. NextWave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Now you can get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com founded way back in 1998 which is about as old as the internet itself. It's Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. Your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here is a man who has never put ketchup on a hot dog, Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, hello, and what is up? Welcome on into the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. We are back for another week, still not canceled. So I love that, and I'm very happy about it. In fact, hey, we are now a top 225 Apple podcast show in our category. Oh, yeah. So pat on the back. Coming for that You're number doing one spot. All right. Hell yeah. We definitely deserve it. You can find us everywhere. Go to realmeneatplants.com. You can find us there. Subscribe to the podcast there. Uh, also, click on that support button. We are still raising money for Paul's party as well, Paul Palooza, this past weekend. I hope they didn't get too rained on. I do want to talk a little bit about that. While you're there, there take the 30-day challenge. Look at our blogs. You can uh, look at our YouTube channel. More and more interviews are getting posted there. Social media. We have Eric at Eric Rogers Brand. Sarah is at New Sarah. I am at RMEP Rich. Just about everywhere. And so you can find us all over the freaking place. I want to start with Paul's party. I wasn't able to make it out there. Sarah wasn't able to make it out there. Eric wasn't able to make it out there. We were 0 for 3 on that. I had planned on going, and then we just had a bunch of stuff happen and couldn't get out. I know Sarah was feeling like like absolute crap. I hope that it all went well. We'll have to check in um, with Kathy and see how it went. So a little bit about my weekend that I did want to share. Saturday night. I went to the Old Rock out in Astico again, and they had a live band that was going. And something happened that I've never seen happen before. I'm sure maybe some of you have had, had this experience. Did you take a but good selfie not. this time? Or? Uh, no, no, I did no, not. You didn't do all, that? all the selfies were terrible. I was wearing my Black Real Men Eat Plants podcast uh, T-shirt that I just got. In fact, it had the new T-shirt smell on it that I was smelling all night long. And I was like, maybe this was a mistake. Maybe I should have washed this thing first or no, sprayed some Febreze on it or something 
You, you like the new T-shirt smell, Sarah? Yeah, it's okay. You're, you're okay. New car smell is good. New baby smell is good. Sometimes new T-shirt smell, not that good. But anyways, out and about, and I'm watching the band. And so there was a lady. Now, now get this. I mean, it's all like, you know, it's rock from the 80s and 90s that they were doing. And so um, this lady who was in her 50s decided to get up on a bench that was right in front of the stage and start dancing. Well, she's a little bit drunk, and the bench was a little bit wobbly. So uh-huh. yep. she falls onto the stage and falls onto one of the light stands that are there, like the lights that's shining on the band. started recording, Rich. Yes. You skipped so, over that part. I, I should have. <laughs> I know, right? So anyways, she gets down... And the band stops playing, and the lead singer of the band decides to yell at all of us. Now, he could have been cool about it and said, like, hey, guys, we love that you're dancing to our music. You know, could you please keep it away from the stage or maybe not get on those benches? Why don't we move those benches to the side, and we'll keep rocking or something like that. Would have been a nice positive spin. Dude goes, hey, if you're going to dance in front of our stage and knock over a light or something like that, we're going to stop playing. Oh, why don't we just make it all about you for a while? And it's like, <laughs> dude, what? you rocking to, for us is making it all about us. The show is all about us. The show is not about you. Whenever what you do a, a show. Jackass. Oh, oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. So I'm sitting, sitting there like kind of stunned. The rest of the audience is kind of stunned. And he goes back to like playing another song then. And now. I'm not getting into it at all. And so as they stop then again, and he goes, hey, by the way, we do take requests. Is there anything you want to hear? And so I want to hear silence. (laughs) I yell out, I want to not be scolded at by the band anymore. You didn't say that. I absolutely did, which everybody starts laughing. My son thought it was like the greatest thing ever. Dude just kind of looked at me, <laughs> shot me dad. like a death look. Yeah, and then and then went back to like playing more music. That's and, a real and the, man. I'm thinking, what the f- dude? You don't yell at your audience. I mean, rule number one in performance also buy is, our merch and our CDs if you yeah. Will, please. And, like, and they were yeah. trying to sell it. They were trying to sell T-shirts and CDs and crap. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, first of all, you're not that good of a band. All right, and second of all, you just never scold your audience. It's no. not no. what you do if you want to survive as a band. I was shocked. I mean, I literally shocked for for you the rest Rich- of the night. If they would have been a better band, I would have forgiven them. I think. And I got to say, you both know this, in broadcasting, I I had people emailing me, mostly email back in the day. Um, They didn't like my hair, a certain thing that I'd done to change my hair, or perhaps I didn't even change it. They just didn't like it. And they wanted to tell me that. They didn't like the bow (laughs) on the shirt that I was wearing or the the way that I talked. And You name it. But I'm not going to say, well, F you, then, then don't watch. I would write back and be like, that I'm be sorry funny. to hear that. Um, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. I, or hey, not hey, write thanks, back. Thanks for the feedback. Good. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah, feedback. Yeah. I appreciate you Just watching. You know, you know, great. You know, you're there for other people, not yourself. What a jackass. Wow. Absolutely.
Oh, oh I, I couldn't believe it. it. It was it was the weirdest experience. That's, then, a, that's a good weekend so far. Oh, okay. So it, it, it gets a little <laughs> bit better. All right. Sunday oh, happens, good. and that was the day of, of Paul Palooza. And I had two soccer games scheduled for the University of Wisconsin. They were doing a doubleheader. First, the men's game, and then the women's game. And the, and, and the Badgers are playing over at McClyman. It's right on Lake Mendota. It's really pretty. I always love doing the, the games and stuff like that. So the first game, it's the Badger men's soccer team against Tulsa. And Tulsa, by the way, is ranked 11th in the country, undefeated. All right, And the Badger men are undefeated. It's still a young soccer season, but this is a big matchup. By the way, the Badgers go up 3-0. There's about 21 minutes left, and the weather starts looking bad. It wasn't raining yet, but the... Uh The, the officials saw lightning in the distance. And if they see lightning, they got to stop the game, clear the stadium, and you got to wait 30 minutes until after the last lightning strike to restart the game. Now, there's 21 oh, no. minutes left in the game. This is in the second half. By the way, that number turns out to be very important. Okay? Badgers are up 3 0. I'm guessing there's. Never mind. You go ahead. I'll, I'll we're, keep the We're waiting myself. out the delay in the press yep. box. It starts raining really bad. There's lightning, all that kind of stuff. Finally, it stops raining. The sun comes out. We're expecting Tulsa to come out. What did Tulsa do? They showered, packed up their crap, no and left. Shit. Now. Stop it. I'm thinking, well, they forfeited the game. No, 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 no. They would have forfeited the game if there was 20 minutes or less on the clock. To be an official game, it had to go 70 minutes. It turns out to be a no contest. Like Uh, it never happened That's because they knew that. They They were down 3-0. Their their ranking was going to be screwed. I feel so bad not only for the Badger men's team, but this guy Jack Finnegan scored two goals for the Badgers that are now erased. Do you know how hard it is to score a goal in soccer, let alone a D1 soccer game against Mm. a team that's ranked 11th in the entire country? It's erased like it never happened. Smart smart by Tulsa, but oh. Dude, that might be the worst sportsmanship I've ever seen in my life. You know what it's like? It's like those jackasses that are playing a season of Madden and they're undefeated and they're like <laughs> 7 and 0 and they're going to lose the game and what do they do, Eric? They turn the game shut off. off. Yeah, they shut it off rather than letting the game save a loss and I'm like, what the what are you doing? How could this be? Or they're about to lose the Super Bowl and they shut it off and then they'll, they'll replay the Super Bowl. And like, you didn't win shit, dude. Uh, just like Tulsa, you didn't do anything except prove that you're horrible sports. I mean, I thought it was absolute crap. I felt so bad for the Badgers. I felt so bad for their – they got a brand-new coach. The, they're trying to spin this, this program in a much more positive direction. Uh, not that they've been ever really bad, but they want to be really good and want to be excellent at it. And it's like, how could you just leave? I mean, you know just what? go away. Yeah. There's a word I like, and it's called karma. Ooh. You know? Well, that's what <laughs> – It'll come back. It'll come back. We were we were kind of talking about that in the in in the press box. We wish them everything but their plane crashing. I mean, we definitely did not want that <laughs> to happen to them. No. And it's not it's not the fault of the of the kids on the team or anything like that. It's that head coach. And so I'm sure that their athletic director has talked to the Badgers athletic director by now. And I'm not sure that Tulsa's ever going to be invited back again to play in Madison. But anyways, then the, the, the women's game went on. They played UW Green Bay. They won 3-0. Uh, 
Um, so it turned out to be a, a fine day, but it also turned out to be like eight hours of soccer out at, at McClyman, oh. or at least uh, eight hours of soccer <laughs> plus rain delays. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it turned into a long day. So my apologies to Kathy. So, um, you guys, weekend stuff. Let's, let's catch up here before we get to our mm. guests. Uh, I wasn't sure. Else? I'm always I wasn't doing sure this that, uh, Go ahead, yeah. Eric. You go. go you, ahead. No, I'm gonna let Sarah go first on this because I thought I thought I was gonna be able to top rich, and we'll see. But I want to hear what Sarah Sarah's well, weekends turn out to weekends be. Weekends always feel very f- sports filled because I've got a JV football player in high school, and then I've got my daughter on the cheer team for varsity. So we went away for uh, Middleton playing Wanakee. I didn't know this, but this is in Madison, so we'll keep it short. In the area, <clears throat> Wanakee hasn't lost a game home game on its field in like 13 or 14 years oh my gosh and it was a good game it was uh we lost but 17 to 14 um, yeah they're the only uh, one key in the world and that's right. their, their their football program is top notch it really is yep i will it's say their coach tremendous. is not the nicest pretty guy tremendous. but they don't coach him to be nice they don't pay him to be nice so. no yeah. they don't so yeah. anyway, we, he actually made Sarah, fun. Sarah, get, yeah. get this. He made, oh, yes. when we were at Channel 57, he made one of our reporters cry. Um, her name was Ellen Barrett. She was brand new. She was Shout working for Ellen. us. Yeah. Hi, Ellen. Um, she went out on the field to talk with him after the game and he yelled at her. Like he scolded her because he didn't want to do any post game stuff. He thinks it's all ridiculous and stupid and blah, blah, blah. Oh, we were she, giving him a trophy, by the way. A big trophy. When I'm talking like trophy. I mean, like, it's a four-foot-tall trophy. And a dude scolded her to the point. Now, now picture this. I, I mean, if you're in news and you're just starting, and she was just starting off in her, in her early 20s, and she goes out and talks to this guy, and he yells at her on the field. And she'd been with us for what, Eric? Maybe a week or two at the most, uh, yeah. something at that point. Oh, she just started crying. And I... I felt like protective of this, <laughs> like, like, like girl, like I wanted to grab, coach, you know, the, the coach. What's that? This is still the same coach. Yeah, it's the same coach. He's still there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's- I, I, I only make faces. I say nothing else. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, how could you do that to to anybody and, and make him cry like that? And that was ever. It's just like there, there's basic rules. I also it, got it was to a go great night. I mean, yeah, Ron Ron Dane oh. was there. Ron Dane's son played. Ron Dane's son balled out that night. I mean, it was a wonderful night. And then he went and blew it by making you know a young girl cry, which I I just don't get. I also okay. got to go on my first Betty Lou cruise. I'd never been on a Betty Lou cruise. Really? On Lake Mendota. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. You were a Why tourist like in your own town. I've I've never done that either, Rich. Really? I know. Not I felt that. like again touring the lake. I already know, but um, you learn a lot, and it was it was. After it rained, we got lucky. Um, yeah, you learned so. that like Otis Redding's plane plunged yeah, into right. Lake Monona. Right. Did they talk about that? Because yeah, they, I think so. They, they did when I was on. Yeah, you're the announcer because of where I was sitting. But it was we we got good weather. We had a good time. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm still wondering how the hell they hit that lake. I mean, it's nowhere near the airport. I don't know how they yeah. ended up in that lake. But anyways, Otis Redding, yeah, died in Lake Monona, right uh, by Monona Terrace there in Madison, although the terrace wasn't there at that point in time. So, um, okay, so I, I think we're two for two on some good weekend stories. It's up to you now, Eric, to bring it on home. All right, so we are number 225 or in the top 225 in health. Well, we're going to be number one in poop talk because this was <laughs> – 
Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So we, uh, I was up at a cabin this last weekend with some friends of mine, and we like went to the store and bought some new board games and card games and stuff. And one of the games is called Hot Takes. <clears throat> and this game, it's basically you get a circle of your friends, and one person draws a card that's like a characteristic that's supposed to relate to somebody in the group. And mm-hmm. you have to point to the person that you think it relates to. And then you flip a coin, and if it lands heads up, then you tell the, everybody in the group what that characteristic was. And if it's tails, then you tell everybody but that person that it's about. And so the card was, um, who looks like they poop but don't wash their hands? And oh. so we pointed at one of our friends who were like, that's definitely him. And then he, like, the, we flipped it, and we weren't going to tell him. And then he was like, you know what, guys, just give me a second. I got to go to the bathroom. We're like, what? You're going to go take a shit? And he's like, yeah. And so then I'm like, all right, I got to see if this is going to happen. So he washed his hands. I heard, I, he was going to wash his hands, I think. But I was recording his, uh, you know, when the toilet flushed. And then I didn't hear it. He didn't wash his hands. He came right out. Oh, like, That's exactly what happened. He didn't wash his hands. Shut up. So uh, just uh, games like that make my life. Did you send him back in? I tried to, but he's like, oh, there's no soap in there. I'm like, sure as fuck there is, but anyway. I, I love those games, but oh. what's funny is, like, I'll, I'll play those with, you know, we'll have family and friends, you know, and, and, and we'll do that, like, on holidays and play games like that. For some reason, I'm always tagged as, like, the slutty slash sexually adventurous one. And you are, I don't like know. like slutty vegan anyway, so. I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I don't understand how I'm tagged. Like, you know, I've been married almost 25 years. I've because only they cheated. heard your stories of your one-night stands. Dude, I've is. only cheated on my wife three times in 25 years. I mean, that's a that's pretty not good track record right there. Don't you think, Sarah? I mean, that's. How many Sarah. does she know about? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've made Sarah uh, completely silent. I say nothing. I've By never, the way, um, I've never I cheated know, on my Eric. wife. You know why? Here, here's why I've never cheated on my wife. It's not because I've never found any other woman attractive or anything like that. Or, well, yeah, you know, the, the, whole, the whole sanctity of marriage and yada, yada, yada. Listen, you know what cheating takes? It takes effort. It takes money. It takes time. It's a lot of work, and I'm way you too lazy. You love your wife. That's why oh, you don't do it. I also love my wife, and she would kill me. Um, are also other reasons, but on top of it, I'm just way too lazy, man. And now, now you got to remember a whole bunch of lies. You got to do all. It's, it's just not worth it. I, I could never do it. I would be totally bad <laughs> at it. I, you know, mad, mad respect to the guys that can, and you know, to the ladies I out there that can as well. I respect to them. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have to ask. Aaron Eric, what, what card they pulled and described you? Ooh, good question. Well, I don't know because they didn't tell me. They, oh. I still, I'm, I'm still unknown of some of the ones that they pulled. They did. There were things that they um, that they did tell me, and one of them, for some reason, was who in the group looks most like Squidward. <laughs> I, was like, I don't. I'm not Squidward. sure where that came from, but Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, I love it. I don't see Squidward uh, trimming his beard and getting a $60 haircut, man. I just, I, I don't no. see it. So, hey, our, but, we got a chock full yeah. show here today. Uh, we got Sergeant Vegan Bill Muir is going to be on the show. We have Glenn Merzer coming back with one of Glenn's rants. We got Sarah's news. I mean, this show is jam packed. Don't go anywhere because we are going to rock your world. And if not, if you go somewhere, I'm going to scold you like the lead singer (laughs) of the band that I saw. So um, stick around. All of that's coming up next.
All right, if you have ever wanted to show off your plant-based lifestyle and to do it in style, here is your chance. We have some of the most amazing t-shirts, hats, accessories, coffee mugs, and more at shop.realmeneatplants.com. We have statement t-shirts that will bring a smile to everyone's face. Personally, I love the I Want Tofu Tonight tea. Plus, we have podcast teas, real women eat plants gear, real kids eat plants, and real people eat plants, just in case men, women, and kids didn't cover it all. Yeah, we love you, and we love that you want to show off that healthy lifestyle of yours. Again, check out our high-quality gear at shop.realmeneatplants.com and enjoy. Yes, we are recording this podcast on a Tuesday, and that means that every Tuesday we are bringing in right now the author of Food is Climate and Own Your Health. Here is Glenn Merzer with a Glenn's Rant. Welcome back, Glenn. Thank you, Rich. I want to talk about coconut oil today because I'm not happy with this stuff. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, When I lived in L.A., I used to argue with my friend Gordon about nutrition and particularly about what he called healthy fats. Gordon was very big on healthy fats, and he believed that the healthiest fat was coconut oil. And he would literally eat tablespoons of coconut oil every day out of the jar for its health benefits. He said it had antioxidant properties. He said it was good for your cholesterol. It supposedly controlled blood sugar. He said there were studies that proved that it even reduced stress and depression. Um, And it made your hair shiny. So it was a miracle food. And Gordon was very worried that I didn't consume coconut oil or enough healthy fats. Now, I was at a healthy weight, as I always have been, and Gordon was about 50 pounds overweight, but I didn't want to point that out because (laughs) Gordon owed me money. (laughs) Not going to get it that way. (laughs) And he was having trouble paying me back because most of his income went into coconut oil. So Gordon and I don't argue anymore about nutrition because he died of sudden cardiac arrest. Uh, That may be how coconut oil reduces your stress. (laughs) Gordon's death was, of course, a, a tragedy for Gordon. It was a tragedy for his loved ones. I never got to say goodbye to him and and. More importantly, I never got to say I told you so. (laughs) Uh, Now, unfortunately, coconut oil has taken over the vegan food industry. I went to the the grocery store this morning, and I looked at some of the foods in the refrigerated vegan section. You want to try Fresh Times plant-based mint chocolate chip ice cream made with coconut oil? It has 12 grams of fat in a serving, including 10 grams of saturated fat. Now, to put that in perspective, a hamburger has six grams of saturated <laughs> fat. So you could all, you could get almost twice as much saturated fat from your plant-based ice cream as from a hamburger. Um, so delicious brand vanilla bean coconut milk dessert, 15 grams of fat, 10 grams of saturated fat. Silk brand Greek-style blueberry yogurt, 
10 grams of saturated fat. Wow. How about the impossible sausage, which is made from soy protein, sunflower oil, and coconut oil, among other ingredients? Uh, that's nine grams of fat, four grams of saturated fat, but that's based on a serving being two ounces. Uh, I've been known to eat more than four ounces of food at a time. If you have four <laughs> ounces, you get, you're getting eight grams of saturated fat. That's more than in a hamburger. Follow your heart. Dairy-free mozzarella slices. One slice. Four grams of saturated fat. A serving size is seven-tenths of an ounce. Seven-tenths of an ounce of food, you get four grams of saturated fat. Follow your heart. Blue cheese, six grams of saturated fat in an ounce of food made from filtered water, coconut oil, and potato starch. So that's the new vegan processed food formula. You take some food starch, you add coconut oil and flavoring, and voila, you've got a new vegan food that could end your stress. <laughs> now, these foods are sometimes referred to as transitional foods. Let's say someone is transitioning from a traditional meat and dairy diet and they miss these kinds of rich, fatty flavors and textures. So they try some processed foods from the vegan section. Now, I did that when I became a vegan 30 years ago. I ate processed foods like vegan hot dogs and vegan meatballs and vegan chicken nuggets. They may not have been healthy. I'm sure they weren't healthy, but they didn't have coconut oil. They weren't fatty. Some of them were even zero fat. When did coconut oil take over the vegan movement? I mean, is it possible that this is funded by the meat industry and they're trying to kill off the vegans? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to spread conspiracy theories, but coconut oil has to be the single most unhealthy vegan food on the planet. And Damn. it's hard to avoid in the refrigerated vegan foods. So if you're becoming a vegan, it's fine to have some transitional foods, but in a really good dietary transition, you don't transition your way into heaven. <laughs> so avoid foods made with coconut oil. We need to boycott this shit. Love it. Glenn, excellent Damn. stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's true, whether it's olive oils, coconut oils, sunflower oils, grapeseed oils, like eat the olive, eat the coconut, eat the whole thing right. at once, and you won't have those problems. But when you process it down into that oil, man, oh, man, it could be nasty for you right away, and you are on point uh, with all of this. Love it. Glenn, thank you Bring for it, stopping Glenn. by. Love yeah, great here. rant today and some real dark humor in there, which I always appreciate and love <laughs> as well. May your buddy rest in peace. Nice job, Glenn. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. 
All right. Our guest today personifies real men eat plants. He can cover your six on a battlefield, fix you up in a medical crisis, teach you how to get strong at the gym, and even cook you up some deliciousness in the kitchen. Now, he had to maintain his plant-based lifestyle under what I think are the toughest tests, Army basic training, Army ranger training, and even during a deployment to Afghanistan. His new book is called Dead Meat, The Future of Food is Killer. It just came out yesterday, and he is just it's just one of actually many books that you can find from him. Please welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, Sergeant Vegan, Bill Muir is, is here. So, Thank you. Uh, thank you for the applause. Both real and- yeah, I love it. <laughs> So, so Bill, I, I think we've talked a little bit going back and forth, um, you know, on emails and stuff like that. I was in the Army. Um, in fact, I did the Army thing in, like, the mid-'90s, early to mid-'90s. I did some Ranger training at uh, Lord, uh, or Fort Leonard Wood. It's actually the Ranger Challenge back when I was in ROTC. Then did my basic AIT. My permanent duty station was Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And I got to tell you, I can't imagine doing any of this as a straight vegan. Now, especially back in the day, I don't know if it changed when you ended up going through. How the hell did you accomplish this, Sergeant? Well, here's the thing. Um, And a plug for the military. Unlike probably whatever, at least from my experience uh, in the Army, nobody's going to force you to eat a certain thing. Now, I'm, I've heard anecdotal uh, stuff about the Marine Corps, so that might be different. I'm sure the Chair Force and the Coasties are, are not going to do that. No one's forcing you to do anything. The problem was, it'd say, like, all right, uh, you know, recruits. Unfortunately, like we had said earlier, they didn't curse at us. I think I would have appreciated that before. <laughs> but they were like, all right, you know, have at it. Make something happen. And chow hall. And, but... Being vegan meant that 90% plus of what was there, I couldn't eat. So, for example, breakfast. There's a chow line that has bacon, eggs, sausage, pancakes. So I'd go through that, couldn't eat anything. So what they would have is a, a cereal. I guess you would call it a cereal bar. Not really that. It was just dry cereal. And cornflakes is vegan, so I ate dry cornflakes for, for weeks. There was no soy milk, hemp milk. Now, I think some of that has changed. I think they, they now have some of that, but I would just eat dry cereal. Eventually, I upgraded to putting fruit cocktail on it and uh, have a, a salad sandwich, meaning two pieces of bread and some lettuce for lunch. Jeez. Um, I'm actually wondering, how, how do you do this with, like, MREs, though? Like, they would give us MREs out in the field, okay. and so that was hard. So that was very hard. It, but, again, there's two uh, vegetarian MREs. I would usually get one of those thrown to me and I just wouldn't eat the entree. I would have to do one of my, I think I'm allowed two F-bombs in the show. We would we use the term rat fuck, meaning I would go through the MRE. I would get what I could eat. And then I would probably try to go through another MRE and find what I could eat. Usually in the vegetarian MRE, I could eat the crackers, the wheat snack bread, peanut butter, and some fruit mush. And then I would be on to my next one. We need to have a vegan MRE, like I think most people agree. If we can feed prisoners vegan meals, I think we should be allowed to feed our soldiers and yeah. you know airmen. Absolutely. It sounds a bit torturous, staff. but I have to ask because I'm sure you've turned plenty people vegan since. How about when you were out in the field? I mean, your comrades there. Uh, people found it amusing, <laughs> but 
most people, when you're in a situation of suck, <laughs> most people aren't like, hey, what I'm currently doing kind of sucks. I see what you're doing sucks worse than what I'm doing. Let me get some of that extra suck. Nobody wants that. Nobody's like, you know, so from either being in the field, which like two weeks of sitting in, you know, sitting around or going training and then all you have to look forward to is food and I'm not eating it. That's not really an appealing thing. And, you know, Afghanistan too, we had some time to sit around and, and bullshit. People weren't like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, we're in a stressful, a daily stressful environment. I see that you're even more stressed because while we're just worried about bullets and bandages, you're like, what am I going to do to fuel all this? And like, Nobody is extra asking for extra stress. However, I think there were a lot of interesting conversations that were made. Some of them, you know, some anecdotes would be funny to mention. Uh, I mean, a lot come to mind <laughs> that would that are hilarious. Um, not necessarily every one of them is like best for promoting veganism. <laughs> I mean, it's maybe they're funny and ironically. Well, and so kind of along the, the lines of all the, the topics we're talking about, you know, when we, we have a lot of different guests that we have on the show and, and, you know, kind of one thing leads to the other. And one of the, the connections that we have is a switch for good podcast and, um, you know, Dotsie and Alexandria. Yeah. So, you know, you were on their podcast and you had mentioned, uh, just kind of like preparedness in the field. Um, you know, carrying different, you know, fruits and seeds and, uh, and nuts and stuff of that nature. And that makes me think, you know, obviously there's a, a level of preparedness that you need to have to do that. Were you ever in like Boy Scouts or anything like that? Cause obviously that's a thing they're teaching you there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know how much. That <laughs> uh, I think the thing that, that I think the thing that helped me most in the military, well, being in shape, cause I went in in shape and, I think people would have given me a lot more flack for being vegan if I was vegan and weak or vegan and sickly, which I think was popular media. What for sure. Vegan was a long time ago at when people when not we'll even remove people when drill sergeants, drill instructors, others, other uh, people saw the vegan tattoo on my back. They just it just it. It, it all just didn't compute for most people. It was just like, you know, they thought vegan was going to be sick, you know, on death's door, can't hack any of this. And there's this like heavily tattooed, uh, may, maybe the only thing they would have put together is they thought vegan was wacky. I'm wacky. <laughs> You know, vegan's still wacky. I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe you're still a little wacky, and that's okay. You know, um, I, I have a buddy. Um, I, I didn't serve with him in the Army. Uh, I met him afterwards. We stay in touch on Facebook. About a year ago, he had a heart attack. Now, he's recently been, within the last month, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I have been trying to tell him. Hey, why don't you just start by maybe watching the Game Changers? Maybe watch Forks Over Knives. Maybe pick up a book here and there. He he won't hear it at all. He's asking about medicines and wanting to go down that road. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, man. I mean, this is like a, a path to death. I mean, you are a father. Um, you are a husband. You got things that you should do. My message is falling on deaf ears. Well, when you hear a story like that, especially for a guy, you know, a, a former army guy who thinks of himself as a tough guy, a man's man, got it eat meat it's associated with it how, how how do you talk to those 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 kind of people i'd love to break through i don't know if i if i can i don't know if it's a thing but when, when you hear a story like that sergeant i mean what what, what do you think of what what thoughts cross your mind what what would be your message usually 
Well, I, I work for the VA. I'm an RN at the VA, and most of the people there, as you would guess, are not uh, you know super hippie types. <laughs> and so I think talking to people, it's all about trying to meet people where they are, and not not trying to you know pull somebody over to a spot where there's no way that they're going to possibly understand it and just you know like type two diabetes say like hey type one diabetes juvenile diabetes you're born with it it's just one of those things it sucks you know hey it's the, the mystery of life it's some not everything is perfect and awesome type two diabetes is almost the diabetes that you choose you have gotten to that place because you have eaten so poorly and and been unable to figure out what you're doing so bad that your body is is trying to uh like hit eject and at a certain point you should take responsibility for your for your life you could you know you, you could use the term at, as a man you should i mean it'd be better to say as a person uh especially if you're someone that doesn't think that the government needs to step in mm -hmm. for everything so like hey personal responsibility you got yourself in this spot you get yourself out of it it's a very clear way to do that eat less processed food, eat plant-based, even better, eat whole foods plant-based. But I mean, uh, my aunt has type two diabetes. We've been talking to her about this for years, for literal years. But, you know, at a certain point, not everyone is going to listen. And, you know, maybe it's just going to always be that way. You know? And you say that um, the simplicity of it, and we talk a lot about that, like why not just see the facts of one plus one equals two. And I'm looking behind you at your new book. Um, and I was so intrigued by re reading what it's about. It's fiction yet. Is it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of like one of those someday will we ever get to some horrible point? Tell, tell our listeners and viewers um, what, what that's about dead meat. Sure. Well, the plot to, to kind of kind of uh, distill it all down, the year is 2050, due to an, yet another plague that's run rampant through our country and the world. Suddenly, all animals and all insects die, and people are left with one of two options: eat plant-based, or you have to find a new source of meat. And what do people do? Well, the elites figure out a lottery program, not to give too much away, about how to start harvesting humans in slaughterhouses. And obviously there's parallels to how people could eat anything they want, just not an animal. And people are still choosing like, hmm, how can we make it, make it uh, better for the environment to kill these animals? How can we make it you know, safer for us to drink their milk? It's like, hey, uh, dumbasses, how about you just not eat the, you know, the animals in the first place? And when people say, oh, it would never get to this point <laughs> people, it's just like, dude, uh, it's been this way for a long time. We, we haven't needed to eat, we never needed to eat animals, and but we've done it anyway. And we've ruined our planet and our health as a result of it. So, no, and it's, it's, no, it was, well, it's funny because, you know, it's obviously what you're talking about with the plot of that book. I mean, it's kind of like stems from real life things that we're seeing. And, uh, and I was listening to that, uh, Joe Rogan, Aaron Rodgers podcast yesterday. And uh, they kind of were bringing up the movie iRobot and how that was like, it seemed like when it came out, it was like, oh, that's funny because, you know, that'll never happen. And, you know, in some ways we're kind of getting there with uh, with robotics taking over. Uh, and I'm just thinking about the kind of guests that he has on his show, the type of guests we have on our show. Is there anybody that you have um, come across and met in your in your lifetime that just had that that personality that you're like, 
damn, like that's someone that I really want to like get into their mind and, and learn more about. Hmm. Uh, I mean, as far as childhood idols, uh, I mean, I've always thought Rollins and uh, Ian Mackay and all those guys and, and gals that started like started basically punk rock. I think those those it's it's weird. Like my heroes are people like that. David Goggins, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood. It's it's a really weird like cherry picked across what they did sometimes throwing away like the political ideology that I'm not really in really uh, down with and in favor of like, like plenty with movies. I love, I'm not really sure if I would really agree with them. Right. I haven't talked about the state of America. Like, you know, Goggins is amazing, but I don't, I don't know how you'd be able to explain veganism to him. I don't think, you know, he just, he might not be able to, you know, understand it the same way. I, I think people like, uh, like Joe Rogan are, are amazing for what they do. I I think they're going to always find some kind of interesting way around just not eating animals. Uh, probably because it's just on brand for him to, to do For that. sure. If he ever was to say, you don't need to eat animals, I think he would lose a lot of money, unfortunately. Uh, and, and I think if he ever, you know, actually like leaned into what he probably knows is the which is interesting because he's the type of guy that's going to go into the details and look into certain topics and and kind of stir the pot if you will uh and, and dig into things that you hadn't thought about so it's it's interesting you bring that up because he's not exactly chanting rah rah about veganism but you know he's he, he's got but to but I, I think he's he's that has an amazing platform and i think he does a lot of great things i know on the left and right, there's talking points in there. There's always, it's always like one side of the spectrum or the other. Whereas I think someone like him, yeah, there's great, there's great points about what he does. And, and a lot of stuff is really interesting. And a lot of his guests are interesting. Do I think he kind of makes stuff up sometimes? Sure. But I mean, probably everyone does to be fair to him. You know, you know speaking of, uh, had, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead, Sergeant. I'm sorry to cut you off there. I was going to say, he's had a lot of my like unknown heroes too, like, uh, Ray Capo, who started the band Youth of Today, which one of the first uh, American, I guess you could say rock bands, to promote vegetarianism back in the early, like late 80s. And he had him on the show. I mean, not now, unfortunately, now he's more into this uh, Hare Krishna stuff, which, I mean, it, it's a religion, whatever. But I think for being like way ahead of his time, like... Ray Capo was definitely doing something interesting, and it was cool that Joe Rogan had him on the podcast. I think yeah, absolutely. Like you were talking about one side of a spectrum or the other. So dead meat, I think, is on one side of the spectrum. Then you got on the other side of the spectrum, the Adventures of Sergeant Piggy. Um, I think is on, <laughs> on, on the exact other side. How the how the heck you know this is this is quite the dichotomy here. Um, how the heck do you go from one to the other? And if you could give us a little insight into Sergeant Piggy. So Sergeant Piggy came about because the pandemic was just so depressing and I wanted a little bit of light in all that darkness. Uh, you could say Dead Meat basically gobbled up the darkness and became made, like the worst form of the darkness. I don't know, I, you know, whatever metaphor. But Sergeant Piggy was meant to be the light in the darkness. I have nieces and nephews. I was like, man, while well, I'm writing books, I'd love to write a book like that they would love 
Uh, I just written vegan strong before that. And obviously like five year olds aren't going to get much out of that. But I weirdly the uh, vegan strong or Sergeant Picky came about as a result of I made an animated cartoony commercial for vegan strong and they were so taken by it. And they were just like, show us the vegan thing. <laughs> uh, I don't think that they really understood m- much of what was in the commercial, other than it was an animated pig in camo talking about veganism. And so I, I wrote uh, the Adventures of Search of Piggy for them, and they loved it. And when I did the, the – I started looking around bookstores, the Internet, on what vegan books for kids were like. And they were all just depressing sad, sobby, like, like awful, in my opinion, like life is wonderful. And if you're, I mean, there's no reason to to talk to a three-year-old about awfulness and stuff. It it should only be how fun and everything is. So I thought, well, if I could just throw a little bit of like vegan, not really propaganda, but you know, kids are not down with hurting animals at, at, at that age. So it wouldn't really end up being that much propagandity. Is that even a word? Uh, <laughs> Close enough. I, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you meant. No, but it is, you know, kids, it's kind of funny that way. You could take them to a dairy farm. They can meet cows and baby calves and then try to explain to them when you get home that you're feeding them veal, which, by the way, is just one of those dead baby oh. cows, you know. And really, kids can draw that parallel and say, I'm not going to eat this. I don't want to eat a, a dead baby cow. And it's the cognitive dissonance of adults, though, that will just be like, okay, whatever, you know, I uh, – Adults can say, I love animals and have cats and dogs as pets, but not have met a pig um, who, by the way, make really great pets and are really affectionate mm-hmm. and really smart and not draw that parallel to say like, okay, why am I not eating this animal, but I will eat this animal when they're both sentient beings with personalities that form bonds, that have intelligence. And I, I keep thinking to myself, you know, what is the message that we're missing? Because I kind of like the approach you have, like vegan strong is is one kind of book and it's it's non-fiction then you got dead meat which is fiction then you uh, attack it from an angle like the adventures of sergeant piggy uh, it, it seems to me you're throwing a bunch of messages out there and hopefully one of them is going to resonate is that is that on target by me saying that well i call it the those three books are what i'm calling the vegan trilogy i thought when i started this whole thing i was like what could i add to the whole vegan conversation the whole conversation about eating animals that hasn't been done and so at first I was like, well, I'll take all the hippie propaganda out of veganism and write a field manual for going vegan. And that's what vegan strong is. And then I was like, well, let me see what they have for kids. Cause I really, you know, want to do something for my nieces and nephews. And then when I saw that just being super stoked about life and being vegan was something I just didn't see out there, which I, I thought that that was crazy that that kind of book didn't exist. And so I was like, okay, so that's what, Venture the Sergeant Piggy is. And lastly, I thought, okay, let me just cram all the negativity and all my, this is now 30 years of being vegan this month. Uh, just the, I guess maybe you could also say the anger at people for destroying the planet and killing animals for no reason and just like put it all into one spot. Uh, that's what dead meat is. Well, and obviously, 
you know, 30 years of being vegan is it's something is connecting and resonating with you and you're sticking with it. And, you know, kind of to go back to your, your uh, history a little bit, you were living, if I'm not mistaken, living in Japan um, when you got That's word right. about nine 11. Now nine 11 aside though, I I'm curious about, you know, your, uh, your travels, if you've lived all over the world and just living away from the United States, what did that do to, uh, I guess, uh, establish veganism in your mind or, or kind of like learning different things from outside of what we hear in the States? I think what living abroad has done is definitely expanded my mind about what life is, what life could be, what daily life like has to look like. Like, so I've lived in four different countries. Uh, here, I'm, I'm going to count Afghanistan because I was living there sure. for a year. Italy, I was there for a year and a half and Japan for eight years. Uh, I think basically what uh, it doesn't really necessarily change what veganism is for me, though being in Japan and have having been vegan constantly questioned anyway, too, in the, in the 90s. Uh, made me, I, I mean, I, I had the choice. I could either double down on it and do it no matter what, or I could say, oh, okay, you know, I'll eat something with some dashi, with some fish broth, or I'll do something this because it's, it's easier. And I chose the, I'm doubling down, I tripled down on it no matter what. So I think bringing this back to the military, it made it easier in some ways because I had gone, I had had to be resourceful for so long I'd eaten tofu sandwiches in, in some instances, which for those who don't know what that is, you take a, a fried tofu, three ingredients, fried tofu, two pieces of bread, ketchup. <laughs> uh, I don't Yummy. <laughs> I don't recommend it though. I mean, you can make anything better. If, I, if you had lightly toasted the bread, just fried the tofu with some kind of, you know, almost garnish, like a, like a, tomato aioli, you could probably make that really, really delicious. If it was like, like a ciabatta bread, like it would be insane. However, this was just at a, you know, like a Japanese gas station. Like, when, when you're desperate, <laughs> the peanut butter and jelly, right? Um, something I wanted yep. to ask exactly. too right. is for the sake of this podcast and the, the potential vegans out there or um, even vegetarians, okay. What would you say, what piece of advice can you give other than the really obvious stuff? But we've got a lot of people joining. Maybe this is their first time listening. What would you want them to know? Um, so you're going to hear some stories about people, especially the longer someone has been vegan, the more like horror stories there yeah. are. You don't need to have any of those stories of your own. Like this is all stuff that happened in the past. So I think there's some times where people like me and some people who have been vegan for 20 years, 10 years, whatever, want to have this, oh, when I was vegan back in the day, this stuff is meant to be irrelevant. Like, this should not have a connection with anyone's life other than the only thing that you should learn out of a story like that, of me eating cornflakes dry for a meal or whatever, is at one point, people didn't really think this was worth doing. So it was hard to do. But now it is, and more and more average people are getting getting on board with it. And it should be easier and easier to the point where it should never, ever be a thing. Really, the, the thing about veganism 
is it's just the thing about any getting food from any food source. Calories is fuel. You need to get enough fuel. As long as you get enough calories from a variety of food sources, you're going to be fine. Now, should those be higher, uh, higher quality food sources? Sure. You know, if you think of your body as an automobile, you need to put the right gas in it, or in, in my case with one of my electrics, like the, the right electric charge for it to go. Um, if you don't do that, the, your automobile won't operate correctly. I think when we, when you see podcasters and influencers and people are always trying to come up with the new it thing, three foods to avoid, five things you need to eat now, uh, try this diet. Nothing new is being created. You don't need to buy a new book or a new this or a new that or change. It's all been already done. The main thing is to get enough calories and you're going to be fine. Now, you can play around with your, as you know, macros. You could say, okay, I'm getting most of my calories from protein versus carbs and stuff like that. But, yeah, your brain is going to run better on carbs. Always remember that. You're going to need fat as well, you know? The basics. Hey, I got <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep it, it keeping it simple is great. And, and before we let you go, I got to ask you about the 30th anniversary tour and also vegan road trip. If you could, I'm kind of picturing you as like the vegan Anthony Bourdain. Is is that right? Is that there you go? <laughs> I mean, that's how I would love to <laughs> love it to be. Uh, you know, sometimes I think it is like that. Like uh, pre-pandemic, I w- I've traveled to 47 countries. Wow, and been vegan through those all. So. You know, whether I was in India or Egypt or Cambodia or wherever, finding vegan stuff and putting it on the Internet. Uh, the last couple of years, you know, I, obviously it's just been a pandemic suck fest. I'm hoping that once things uh, lighten up, I'm going to get back to traveling around. I want to go back to Japan and, and film some stuff there. As far as the uh, 30th anniversary tour, it's still being planned right now, I believe. Tampa Bay Bench Fest and I'll say there's one in, in Tennessee that are confirmed. Uh, but I'm going to have to let you guys uh, know about that because I'm still working that out. Absolutely. Definitely keep us updated. And the book, again, is Dead Meat, The Future of Food is Killer. There it is. Sergeant, tell us where we can buy it, where we can find you on uh, you know online, social media, all that kind of stuff, please. Sure. Thank you very much for asking. So I'm easily findable at uh, Sergeant Vegan. That's SGT underscore vegan on the gram. SGT space vegan on Facebook or SGT vegan on, uh, well, is that Twitter? Sergeantvegan.com. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. Uh, I think I have a Twitter handle too. I, you know, I just never really used it. I'm, I'm sorry, Twitter. Uh, and, <laughs> Dead meat, it's, I think it's best searchable if you add my name, Bill Muir, next to it because, uh, weirdly, there's a lot of dead meat, so I don't think they have anything to do with, uh, dead animals. You know, it's, it's all zombies. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all, all excellent stuff. Hey, Sergeant, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate your time. Good luck with, with the tour, with the book, everything you got going on. We absolutely love it. Again, thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks. Really appreciate you. 
All right, here at the Real Men E-Plants Podcast, we need your help. Yeah, and so does Paul's party. Being a brand new podcast, just trying to get its footing, we are asking that you help support our podcast by going to our podcast page at realmeneplants.com slash podcast and click the support button. Now, when you do, not only are you helping us get our feet on the ground, you are supporting Paul's party, a 501.C charity that raises money to help kids with physical disabilities get equipment to have some actual fun fun in their lives. Yeah. Two great causes, one easy support button. Again, please find us at realmeneatplants.com/podcast or on Patreon when you type Real Men Eat Plants into the search bar. Thanks for your support and also for helping Paul's party. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. She is back better than ever and feeling good. Our midday news maven, Sarah Carlson, ready to give us the news. Take it away, Sarah. Well, Lizzo is back in the vegan news headlines. Wow, this is like the eighth time that we've mentioned Lizzo on the show, I think. We just, you know, n- never be surprised <laughs> when her name comes up. We'll, right. We'll make sure that we, maybe we get her as a guest someday even. That would be Now, nice. Rich, I know you were watching MTV. It was a big night on I Sunday. I was? <laughs> it was a big night on I Sunday. I can't remember the last time I watched MTV. You know, the last time I watched MTV, I think it was the real world that like Puck and Pablo were on, like 1993, I think was yeah. the last time. Did you watch that one too? That was a pretty was like the 90s famous for me, real world. That, and I don't remember what else, but these yeah. sorts of music awards shows, I think I caught because they were there. But okay. that's kind of all they've got. But I will admit, this is actually really funny. I found this story. So I'll tell you, um, Lizzo is back in headlines because of what she said at the VMAs. Okay. Um, but I actually caught the beginning of the show. I didn't watch and wait for Lizzo, but we had Austin Powers on. <laughs> One of my favorites. Austin Powers was on MTV. And then it ended. And then okay. all of a sudden, it was these, these screaming girls and then i said to john gosh that's annoying and then he's like yeah we're getting old <laughs> if you can't watch the first three you know minutes the open of the vmas you're in trouble keanu reeves you know keanu reeves oh absolutely you, you, yeah you talk about screaming girls so so keanu reeves used to be in a band called dog star and dog star he played like bass for this band they were horrible by the way i mean just terrible music and and, and you can look it up they played at Summerfest in milwaukee i went hmm. there and the first like five rows was nothing but screaming girls for keanu reeves and i it, there was only so much of that concert i could take i think we lasted about 20 minutes they started playing some of their music and the girls started screaming i'm like i, I i'm out of here uh yeah. it's just and in this case, not, it wasn't not for me and this was when i was in, i was like 30 at the time i wasn't old yeah yeah these girls weren't screaming at um at artists they were sort of like oh it's so good mm-hmm. to see you 
and look at your nails. Wow. And what is that? And I'm like, oh my. I, I, you can say that with Ick. a different tone. I mean, I know I have a lower voice, but were you one of those girls back in the day, Sarah? When you were when you were like in your early twenties or late teens or something like that? Were you one of those screaming girls? A screaming girl. Were Were you one of those back in the day? No, I didn't really do a lot of concerts. Okay. And then, so there were no opportunities to be one. So no, maybe no that's why my, my okay. voice has, has lasted. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Lizzo, though, she did win the Video for Good Award. So that's a good thing to hear. Pleading with fans to, quote, vote and make changes to laws that are oppressing us. So she's a vegan, making hmm. headlines a lot, as we jo- just talked about, for speaking up and getting fans to join her on her meatless journey. I found a headline about what she likes to eat. I'll try to find that one and make another Lizzo story for another day. But in All the meantime, right. <laughs> we have uh, another vegan in the news. It turns out that Colin Kaepernick and his girlfriend, Ness Diab, I believe I'm saying her name correctly, had a baby a few weeks ago. Uh, Diab announced that birth on social media yesterday with a picture of them. You know, this is what famous people do, I guess, but it was a beautiful black and white photo of them, though, in bed with the newborn. And her post was quite long and sweet, talking about how happy they were to be parents and talking about what a great father Colin was. I don't get the in-bed photo that used to be like, take it in the hospital or take it in your living room, but moving on. Who's um, taking that photo? That's that. That's what I'd like to know. So I bet you it's a professional photographer because yeah, if they're going to yeah. have a picture moment. So they, they had to hire somebody to come in and do it, um, which which is one thing. Two... Thoughts about Colin Kaepernick. So, you know, you're, I don't think you're the biggest football fan of all time, but you know who Colin Kaepernick is. I think you know a yep. little bit of the controversy behind him. Um, what, what, what are some of your thoughts about Colin? Honestly, I, it made me mad that the NFL and that fans kind of kicked him out. Uh, pun okay. intended, I suppose. How so? Um, and, and, and why? This is such a long time ago. It feels like it was yesterday, but... I, I didn't mm-hmm. find it disrespectful. I knew that he had, uh, you know, a brain behind his uh, talent as, as well. You know, he was a talented football player. Um, and I don't like that he kind of got the shove because he couldn't be respectful. Um, we're living in a crazy time and crazy things were happening in that moment. And it was his way of using his celebrity to say, I'm taking this more seriously. Um I know a lot of people, and I, it, it's not that I don't have respect for our country. I always stop talking when the national anthem is on uh, at the beginning of the football game I'm at. Um, I stand up. I take off hats. I get it. I pay my respects my own way. But it's sort of like a lot of other things. I can respect the fact that he took a knee for the reasons he did. And I, I wish that more people had that sense of he doesn't want to say that I hate my country. He wants to say you're going to pay attention to me because I'm doing this. And why am I doing it? And get people to talk about it. Yeah. I, you know, I would love to have asked Sergeant Vegan about this. And if we knew that yeah. this was, you know, maybe a story, maybe it's something that, that we could have asked him about, because I look at it, um, uh, you know, like this. Now I served in the military. I never served in a forward line, but I'd served during times where we had, um, you know, troops in the field. And I would actually help train those troops before they would get deployed, um, and go overseas back at that time. Um, it was, you know, um, Somalia that they were going to, or they were going to Kosovo, um, you know, stuff like that fighting with a uh, UN 
forces during that time. And my thought is this, for someone who has served and someone who always stands for the national anthem and all of that, you know, I look at it and say, I didn't fight or didn't join the army um, because I wanted to fight for your right to stand up when you're told to stand up. I fought for your right to protest whenever the hell you want to protest. Um, and if there's going to be a negative reaction to it, like there was to Colin Kaepernick, there was definitely a negative reaction in a lot of circles, and he's paid the price for that negative reaction as far yeah. as not being able to play football anymore. So that can happen. But that was his right to, to go ahead and do it. It was also the right of the NFL as a private employer to say, yeah, we don't want you in our league anymore. You know, right. this is this is bad right. for, for that. And it was also Colin's right then to sign like a billion-dollar deal with Nike to promote all of that. In the whole grand scheme of things, I think it worked out the way it should have worked out. And, you know, coming from a military background and a military family, my my dad served, my grandfather, great-grandfather, all the way down the line, I look at it and say, because my dad had a real bad reaction to to, to Colin Kaepernick and him doing that, I look at it and say, we're fighting for the rights for people to protest. Um, Because if they can't protest, uh, we don't have the country that we're fighting for. Exactly. And so I, I find that he protested. I'm also fine. What happened to him afterwards? Because that's what happens when you protest. Sometimes (laughs) it's going to be all good. Sometimes it's going to be all bad. All of that stuff is up for, for public debate and it's great. And so I look at it and say, I don't, I don't have any anger towards Colin Kaepernick. It's not the way that I would have won about it, but it doesn't, it's not me. And he comes from a different background. And so, um, you know, great but i also think this if colin kaepernick was still good at playing quarterback colin kaepernick would still be in the national football league the problem was the last couple of seasons if you look at his numbers dude was kind of dog shit he wasn't right he wasn't good right. at playing quarterback anymore so he kind of signed his own exit play uh, papers the the moment it was that good he took timing for him yeah yeah so yeah, i did was read and I, I think we talked about it he uh, had a workout with the raiders in mm-hmm. may but yeah, some some people have said it. it's the worst workout they've ever seen oh. at an NFL facility that it went that badly. And, well, you, you know, know what? He and his wife will be able to raise that sweet child with plenty of money. Absolutely. So. Yep. So don't cry That's for a, Colin yeah. Kaepernick. There you yeah. go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're right. Well, on. my final news story today, I've mm-hmm. seen this in a few headlines. It's kind of the opposite of what we talk about, but I had to had to write about it. Uh, Not surprisingly, families buying meat in bulk more to save money because of meat prices. So half cows and tire pigs, new freezers, you name it. So I realize this is not, again, what we promote, but it's real and it's happening more. And because of the price, and I can tell you, I've only one teenage boy in my house. And I will admit we do use Costco for chicken and Italian sausages and beef, but also impossible burgers, whether or Mm. not they're good for my cholesterol or not. Um, Oh yeah. Shrimp, salmon, you name it. Everything in bulk, less bulk than half of an animal or a whole one. But um, it was an article in the Washington post that finally really hit me, made me go, Whoa, this was a dad that talked to them and was interviewed. He had three young boys and decided to do it, do this freezer and buy all my meat in bulk. And the grocery bill, the meat part, went in half from 200 to 100 Hmm. what they had to buy at the store. So, Right. And overall, I guess. But I, I don't know why we can't get the country to go, oh, well, how about one day we don't eat the meat mm-hmm. that we're 
completely shoving down the, thro- the throats of these kids. They, they, they've actually tried some of this. So the, the mayor of New York, his name is Eric Adams, and Eric Adams yep. is vegan. And um, he actually was doing it, and I, I don't remember if it was like Monday or Friday. They're, they're having like meatless days in New York schools. And cool. um, yeah. parents were flipping out, worried that their kids weren't going to get enough nutrition and how are they going to have enough energy for the day. And to me, it, it just shows the ignorance of what veganism is or plant-based eating is. Um, and so there really needs to be a push on to explain to people. So, you know, I had to explain to the principal of my daughter's school. She came back and had this whole thing about nu- nutrition and they were going through it. And I love that. I love that they're having a health class. But when they listed off proteins, all they did was list off animals. And I had to explain even to the principal, like, hey, these animals get their protein from plants. That's how it all starts. Humans can get protein from plants too. In fact, that's how you're supposed to get it. Um, that's right. what you're physiologically built for. And so she even said, "Well, yeah, we'll we'll include it in the ne- in the curriculum next year." And it's like, okay, this is. I, I think that's how it starts is talking about it at the kid level. We we've we've discussed this a, a few times until the education starts meeting, you know, people's level of ignorance. I mean, we're it's it's we're never going to get anywhere. So right yeah. now, nobody knows. So they hear veganism or they hear meatless Monday or they hear that their kids not going to get dairy that day at school. They start freaking out because they were always told dairy's good for bones and you need meat for protein and everywhere you grow. look, protein, protein, mm-hmm. protein. The propaganda's out there. If you don't get protein, you know, you're going to be malnourished and blah 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 and, you know, Meanwhile, the, the exact opposite is true, and humans need very little protein. It's why, actually, human milk, so moms are you know have give birth to their baby and they breastfeed, mm-hmm. human milk has hardly any protein in it. I mean, it's such a small amount compared to all other ma- ma- you know mammalian protein. You know, And so I, I just don't understand where the education level is right now and why we can't bring that up. And so once we start doing that, that's when we start making some inroads, Sarah. Someday. Someday. It is out there. So uh, great job on the news. What a wonderful episode. I mean, uh, Sergeant Vegan here, uh, oh, he Glenn Merzer, and Glenn was, I mean, funny as hell. What a, what, what a great rant and <laughs> always love having him and uh, the news on point as always. Remember, check us out at realmeneplants.com. Click on podcast, hit that support button, the 30-day challenge. The blogs are there as well. Check out our YouTube channel to see some of the uh, interviews that are up there right now. Hit us up on social media and everywhere else. And please, again, click that support button. Help us out. Help out Paul's party as well as we continue to raise money, not only for the podcast, but for them um, as well. So great job, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. We will see you tomorrow. See ya. All right, time now to tell you about VegReg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you are searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, VegRedge is the perfect solution. Another great thing about VegRedge, they have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean recipes. A Bacon Lover's BLT, Cookie Dough Protein Bites, Penne Arrabbiata, the entree, not the character from The Sopranos. And yeah, and even a vanilla bean cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. That's right, it's VegReg.com.